This is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Paul Cochran here with my colleague, Garrett Crawford. Good morning, Garrett. We're here. Thank you. Making Finances Easier, 865-770-5031. Trivia question, Garrett. What is one of the favorite things you do with your son for recreation? Uh, well, uh, I'd say it changes all the time because he's changing all the time. He's five years uh, old, right? Five and a half. And uh, what we're well, he's actually in a Mario phase right now. Uh, he uh, y'all saw the Mario movie the yeah, other day, we, didn't you? He that was like his dream come true. <laughs> he never uh, had been to a movie theater. Uh, First he wasn't, time, right? yeah, he wasn't really old enough. COVID happened, and a lot of the uh, movie stuff shut down. And then we wanted to take him for a while, but I think like kid movies really shut down. They were just releasing everything mm-hmm. on Disney plus and mm-hmm. Netflix. And this was like the first movie that he was interested in. And so we took him and we made him a big deal. I ordered him. A, uh, I told you, Paul, this, but, uh, I got him a, uh, a Sprite <laughs> from the movie theater and we asked for a small or a kid's Sprite. We hadn't been in the movies in a while. And they said, oh, we just have one size. It's a medium. Uh, and they bring out a Sprite cup. And I know everybody knows this, but when you see a five-year-old pick up a medium Sprite at the movie theater, the cup was bigger than like from the top of his lungs down to his waist. And uh, so he, he probably drank a half an inch of Sprite from the top of that uh from the top of that cup but it was pretty hilarious but uh my favorite thing to do with him right now i say we get the most joy just throwing a ball around and so he's he's been in that for a few months and he he, uh we throw a little uh soft football we'll throw frisbee we'll throw we'll dribble basketball but he is he is definitely in a ball phase and that's what we're doing uh if, if i've got time and He's got energy. Well, while you guys are at the Boston Marathon, we're looking forward to keeping those two, your eight-year-old and your five-year-old. Uh, so we've already got some things cooking for them. That'll okay. be fun. So why don't you introduce our topic for today? Okay. Um, this is this has been something that has come up uh, just a few times in the past week and a half, and I thought it was worth, you know, if I'm coming across it and I'm having to answer questions for clients, and I feel like at the end of those meetings, clients are like, wow, that was really helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably worth talking about it on the radio because yeah. I know there's somebody else out there yeah. uh, that uh, feels this and and needs help and advice and, and how to proceed to kind of have peace of mind. but. Uh, the the first part I was hoping maybe we could just talk about housing prices in general. That's been kind of a source of um, pain for people. Or do they are they stuck in their house because house prices are going up? Maybe they want to buy something new. Maybe they've got grandkids and they want to. Uh, you know, sometimes the logic is to downsize, but sometimes these days people want to upsize so mm-hmm. they can have the whole family around and enjoy time with their kids and grandkids and have a gathering place. But then uh, maybe the back half of this segment, we could talk about the ones that I'm 
that I've seen this week where they're single. Maybe they're a widower. Uh, maybe they've been married and now they're single, but they never had kids. And the question becomes, interest rates are so high right now. Uh, does it make sense to take a mortgage and pay 7% or should I pay the house off? But I don't have any beneficiaries, so what's going to happen to my house? And so uh, let, let's start back on the, the front part of it, Paul. Let's just talk about housing a little bit and what we've seen over over the past year. I mean, I know that uh, housing prices have gone up, but um, why is that important when we talk about financial planning and uh, some of our retiree clients, they may have their house paid off, but they're thinking about buying a, a different house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things we say over and over again is that every situation is different. Every household's different. And uh, we, I never tire of saying that because when we say something that's true for one client, it, it'd be an error to just assume that that's right for someone else because every, every family is different. Um, and by the way, if you'd want some, you know, tailored advice, we're at 865-770-5031, makingfinanceseasier.com. And so, you know, for example, um, when, uh, if somebody has uh, no children and they have uh, uh, n- no beneficiaries that, that are depending on them f- for, for assets, there's... Uh, to have all their assets tied up in their home and have their home paid off might not be the best idea. And so, um, on the other hand, if they, uh, maybe they have a a piece of property and they have a home that they want to keep in the the family and everything and have money sitting in there as a safe asset class, that's perfectly legitimate too. And we've seen both sides of that. Um, Then, then the other question that comes up a lot is people wanting to invest in real estate. And we've talked a little bit about some of the, the it can be problematic to do. You almost have to treat it like a job uh, to, to be able to get into that. Um, and if you're willing to do that, it's, it's, it's easier said than done. People need to know the challenges to be anticipated. But uh, right now with interest rates, um, with a 30-year, I know, I think the 30-year now is between five and six. Um, do, do you know the number? Yeah, right I haven't now? looked at it. Really, it seems, seems like it's somewhere around the six right now. Yeah. That, um, you know, that, that that definitely uncomfortable, and it's causing, you know, it's caused the, the real estate market has, has declined, you know, pretty much like 11 months in a row a little bit. But yeah. But I'd jump in there and say the housing market is just slow to respond. And so, uh, you know, I I have friends that are buying houses right now Mm. and interest rates are six and seven percent. And the the common logic is was even as soon as five years ago, if interest rates go up, housing prices have to come down or if housing prices go up. And or the flip flop of that is also true. So mm-hmm. interest rates and housing prices are inversely related. Mm-hmm. But what we've seen, starting with the pandemic, is that people, you know, they have more job flexibility, so they don't necessarily have to live in the city or right next to their office like they used to. Right. Uh, that people want more space. That people are commuting out of cities into even places. I wouldn't call Knoxville a big city, but you can get a lot more land and house for your money than some of these, you know, even, even like a Nashville or one of these bigger cities. So you're seeing a lot of a lot of these bigger cities decline in population and uh, smaller rural 
cities uh, are increasing in population. So you just see this kind of stubbornness. <laughs> if you're a buyer, you don't want to see this combo that, that house prices are going up, going up, while interest rates are exploding up. Yeah. And so uh, I've, I've told people for a year or two now, for the person that's like newly married or 23, 24, just graduating college, saving up for their down payment, boy, has it been an uncomfortable time mm-hmm. to want to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for people that are in their later stages uh, and are even retired, you know, we've always heard that term we're buying our forever home mm-hmm. and uh, I feel like people don't really actually stay in forever homes. Life changes, plans changes. Right. And we have a lot of clients that come into us and they say, we're moving. Uh, mm-hmm. We need to figure this out. And I think on, on that side, there's just a more complicated question. Mm-hmm. And it's actually not as bad when mm-hmm. interest rates are high, when you can sell a house for $600,000 and you're going to go buy another house for $600,000 interest rates don't affect you that much because you get to take the equity from your home, you get to put it into the new house, and you're just going to pay a, a, probably a really high interest rate on a, on a low mortgage amount. And so for the retirees that have a home paid off, it's not as big an issue uh, as for the younger generation yeah. if, if you have equity in your house. And so um, I think that uh, I think there's a the headlines feel the same, but for a lot of our clients, they don't feel the same amount of pressure. In fact, they, I think they kind of like it a little bit that they can come with an all-cash offer uh, to a mortgage closing, and that beats out some of the people that are my age that have to finance it through a bank. Well, I know you've had a, a few people lately uh, you alluded to earlier, uh, and and this is kind of a – we found a little niche that we've done through the years is we um, – I've lost count of how many couples have come, and one of them, and you know, a lot of times it's the husband, but sometimes it's the wife too. Uh, they are, you know, pretty focused on the finances and the stock market and what they're doing, but their spouse isn't, mm-hmm. and so they come and want us to be able to have a, a, a kind of a financial home where there are people they can trust that if something happens to one of them, that the survivor has a clear path forward, has a place to get some advice and that type of thing. And uh, and so I know you've talked to a couple widows lately. I know my, my second appointment tomorrow is a, a there, there were a, a, a clients for many, many years and he passed away recently and I'm meeting with her to go through some, you know, some paperwork and different things. But uh, why don't you share a little bit about um, a couple of these situations with these um, uh, these widows and or uh, single females that you've talked to recently and how you shared with them something that was actually kind of counterintuitive to the way they were thinking. Yeah, so uh, both of them were, were very similar. One, one obviously, well, not obviously, but one uh, has significantly more saved and investment assets. But... Uh, both of them had a, you know, a good problem. It's not a bad problem, but a good problem, meaning uh, how do we just optimize this? How do we align your finances with your actual goals versus just kind of hoping the best happens with being indecisive (laughs) with where our money is going? But for a single person, both both of these clients had no children. 
One was, I think, divorce, but no children, no obvious beneficiary of their funds. Uh, and for the first one that I'm thinking about, income was needed. And it was really as much income as we could generate from their savings. And so let's just use a, a number here and let's call it uh, $600,000 uh, that they had. And let's call it, uh, actually, let's, let's, let's say it's more like 350, 350. So like 350 in investable assets and then a paid off home also worth 350. Okay. Uh, for a single person, when you add in social security and maybe a pension that they're getting, uh, that can cover most of their monthly expenses. But for them, the, the question is, hey, I'm moving, I'm selling my house. Uh, I want to downsize a little bit. I want to be out of the city. The, uh, the question came back to us, should I take a mortgage? on the new house or should I pay it off? And for this person in particular, when there's no beneficiaries involved, no children, it becomes a little bit more of a financial puzzle because I think the obvious instinct, especially, uh, you know, if you're a Dave Ramsey follower, maybe even a little bit more conservative with your values is that you want to pay off that debt. You don't want a mortgage. You don't want to be uh, tied to the bank and have to make that obligation payment. And so we've, we've kind of been taught our whole lives to pay off that debt, don't carry the debt. But when you don't have a beneficiary and no children, you're going to live your whole life, maybe in this house, especially if you've done the due diligence and you've planned for a long-term care event, which both of these clients had, that was their biggest risk. But long-term care is taken care of. They've got these investments, but what's going to happen to the $350,000 house or $400,000 house today that you're paying 100% cash with. If you're 65 now, and let's say you lived in 90, that's 25 years, that $350,000 house, maybe that's $550,000, dollars by the time you're no longer living there. Who's getting that? Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of people, the question is, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I have a friend and the point is, some of those conversations, I think, have been really helpful, and that there is no right or wrong answer. It's, it's not, hey, you know, take a mortgage out in the full balance, let's generate income, yeah. let's, let's, let's try to go that way. And in fact, for this client, it really was, uh, we're going to go ahead and pay off the house because she felt more comfortable that way, but we're going to have to tackle where that money is going to go one day if she, yeah. uh, but it's just harder to tap the equity that you have in the house when you're a single person and gener- use that to generate income when they need really every penny that their investments or their other 400,000 will generate. And so I think there's an interesting conversation and one that we had with the client with using something that's like an annuity to maximize income for that person. There's no beneficiary. So you can use in the financial planning world, you're maximizing mortality credits. You're trying to group your life in with a lot of people so that you can maximize, get the highest income possible. Uh, because you're grouped in with a whole bunch of other people. And when you don't have beneficiaries, I think that makes makes a good sense to have that conversation. So we're not here trying to put an annuity on every single client. But if you don't have beneficiaries, boy, I'd be looking, uh, I'd be having that conversation if I needed income and as much income as I possibly can. Right. Because that's really how you do, what's that phrase, squeeze blood out of a turnip? Yeah. Uh, that's a great way to do that yeah. because you don't have a need to leave funds for a, a spouse or a beneficiary. And so that that was one client. Uh, 
that we land on. The other one that was later in the week, uh, she had more saved, but no no obvious beneficiaries, a couple relatives that something happens to her, she's going to uh, get the funds. Or their, her relatives would just split the funds. I think it was one-third, one-third, one-third. But she's coming upon a big life event where she's getting older. She's living in a different state. Her family lives uh, in a state out west, and she's going to make a big jump. Uh, Is this the one from D.C. to Colorado? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but she's about to make a big jump in lifestyle. You know, I think East Coast, Colorado, there's a big, you know, there's mm-hmm. a significant yep price increase for homes she's got enough saved uh her well i think it's back her spending is low relative to her savings and she's formed the habit of having low expenses correct and for her she was just wondering how much house can i afford for her having a nice house was really important uh more so than increasing her income or doing more trips she just wanted a nice house and so I think we all kind of default. Here's what my house is worth here. And if I sell it, I'll take that money. Again, I'll just pay off that new house. And then out west, maybe I get a little bit smaller house, but I won't have to carry a mortgage. And uh, for her, we use this, we hopped on a, a virtual Zoom call and I had her send me a bunch of information and we went through a money guide. Uh, financial planning software, Mm. financial projections. And basically I showed her, you know, here are your income, here are your expenses, here's how much we anticipate medical costs being in retirement. It made it real easy for me because she bought one of these amazing long-term care insurance policies from years ago. That that risk was eliminated. yeah, and so like one of the largest out-of-pocket risks she faced, she, she had covered really, really well. And so the question came back to so you've got all this money saved who where's it going yeah uh, do, do, do you place a high priority on leaving funds for a relative yeah. and the answer was no yeah and so if we kept on a current projection she was going to end up with I think double the amount of money mm. that she had if she lived at age 90 and that was not in alignment with her goals at all and so this big transition point in her life, I think uh, the, the the fun part, I think, of what we do is I showed her, I, you know, basically I, I, I told her, you could spend double <laughs> on this house. How did she respond uh, to that? Well, for her, I, I, you know, I think there's going to be a processing time because we, we get wired a certain way and we mm-hmm. think that we have to uh, mm-hmm. spend a certain way and it's hard for us to break that habit. For But for her, it was... You know, just kind of this light bulb moment where you're saying that I might end up with multi million dollars mm. worth of investment accounts, and uh, that's just going to go to siblings unless I spend more money. And that was basically my answer: yes, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna end up with three million dollars. Mm-hmm. So, if you buy a house for an additional four or five hundred thousand dollars on top of what you had, it it Money Guide said her her plan went from ninety nine percent down to ninety eight percent confidence rating. That's great. And uh, so it's like you know uh, we can we can buy the house of your dreams where you want, uh, what you want to be in your house, and we can also like really raise your income level here. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to do that. For some people, even though you can buy a million dollar house, doesn't mm-hmm. mean they want to. Mm-hmm. But I think for her. 
the the transition from east coast to west coast Mm -hmm. is already enough of an emotional kind of uh wall to get through i think just not having to worry about the money part of it's going to make that transition a lot easier and she i I basically left her with buy the house buy the house you want where you want it and when you get to the point of actually needing money to fund that let us know and we will get that to you as quick as possible and so back to mortgages that we we started talking about uh it may not actually make sense to pay off the house this year if she if she decides to get a house that's a lot more than what she has we may end up taking out a mortgage for she may take out a 15-year mortgage or 10-year mortgage and we'll pay it off in three we just don't want to pay unnecessary taxes during that transition but uh, I told her, get out there, find the house that you really want to be in, don't scrimp on it, and we'll, we'll help you pay for it. That's and uh, it's just fun when yeah. you can release the, you know, the chains and bonds of, of feeling something that really isn't reality. 865-770-5031, making finances easier. You know, we've mentioned before on the show that we have several uh, CFP, certified financial planners. I know that you have that designation, Garrett as a CFP, but we have several CFPs who uh, they have us do their planning for them. And uh, uh, both of them have said in so many words that they want help from somebody objective that they can trust because they find with the emotions on their own money, they don't trust themselves very much. Or they'd like to have some objective sounding board that can help guide them when they kind of don't trust their own emotions relative to their own finances. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, if you're out there and you're, you, you, you kind of sense what I'm saying, that, that maybe you enjoy investing, um, uh, but you find it uh, maybe more difficult with yours than with, with other, uh, other people's money, uh, you know, we'd be glad to, uh, you know, to help you. Um, 865-770-5031. Any closing thoughts, Garrett? Yeah, I guess I just, we talk about it sometimes, but if somebody does want to come in, it's it's really kind of this non- obligation environment just come in we'll sit down we'll have a conversation about what you're looking for what your problems are and our goal of that meeting just like yours is to see if we we would be a good fit if we could help because there are some people we meet we think you know uh i'm not sure that we can bring the value that you're looking for it's just not a good fit but for other people you know it really can be and so uh i I love that those meetings are honest transparent and really no pressure and i feel like if, if you want to do that, you just give us a call at 865-770-5031. You'll meet with Paul and I, and we'll just have a fun conversation about what you're looking for. And no we'd, strings we'd, attached. We'd love the opportunity to do that. That's great. See you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis and Providence Wealth Management are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes 
purposes only. Each individual situation may vary, and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.